0: So, hello everyone. Welcome to Obscure Minds podcast. Um, I'm Nix and I'm here with Jess. Hey everybody. And uh, today I am going to cover a topic that has a little bit of everything, and I'm so excited. So, it has uh, crime, possible murderer, actual murderer, possible serial killer, magic mythical beings, and witchcraft, <laughs> which is perfect for spooky season. <laughs> uh, um. So, and uh, I wore my resting witch face shirt, and I, today, I'm going to be talking about witches. But... We've all heard of the Salem witch trials, right? I know every you've heard of it. Yes. Right? <laughs> Everybody has. But there are witch trials that have actually taken place all over the world. Um, and I am super excited to say that I'm gonna be covering the witch the witches of Ireland.
1: Ooh. Right. How fun.
0: I know, super exciting. Um, little little backstory. Um, I think, you know, this, I think I've told you this, but I don't know why, but I've always like, you know, like there's some places that people want to go and like, uh, some people are obsessed with like other countries and stuff and they've never even been for some reason. Mine is Ireland mine is ever two. since, is it? So there yeah. we go. So for some reason, I think it was like a long time ago, like I was in school and my teacher on their screen, like, you know, the. The like screensavers, how they like click and they move, like how people have slideshows and something popped up. And I don't remember how it ended up happening or what I ended up saying. And they're like, no, I actually took that picture. My teacher told me and they're like, it's the the purple hills or the purple fields in Ireland. So Hmm. there's a certain time when you can go in Ireland and all of the flowers bloom and it literally just looks like purple carpet over the hills that's pretty yeah so i'm like that's something i've always wanted to do and i'm like i have to go during the the purple fields time <laughs> that's, that's when i would want to go that's
1: awesome
0: oh so i was i was like super interested when i found out that there's a whole like witch trials and everything that took place obviously in other places but in ireland as well it's super interesting to me um, so uh First off, I want to say that most of the tales of uh, these witch trials, um, so I don't know about other ones or in general, but these ones have been passed down through uh, generations. So we need to remember that these are third-party accounts, or some are third-party accounts, so things might be embellished a little bit. And so, people who were accused of witchcraft, and I say people because over history, some men have actually been accused of witchcraft. Um, They were thought to do the devil's work or people who just uh, do not want to conform to society's expectations of them. Um, So, okay. So, like I said, we all know about the witch trials of Salem. And then we're Mm -hmm. going to cover the witch trials of. Ireland. Um, but I just want to mention two uh, like uh, witch trials that I had no idea even took place. And there was the witch trials of Scandinavia, and they were called troll whispers. Oh, I know. I feel like it's so awesome I had to say it. And then there was also the witch trials in Japan, and they called them the fox witches. Interesting. So that was super interesting. Um, all of this, uh, like the stuff surrounding witches, mainly took place from the 15th to the 19th century, and around 70 to 100,000 executions were committed worldwide. And yeah, I I said committed because it's crazy, and I feel like that is a crime because. A lot of those people were probably innocent, and that's very sad.
1: Absolutely,
0: yeah. Holy cow! Wow. Oh. So, witch trials were popular in European folklore, uh, but uh, but tales of witch trials in Ireland have only been a few. There's only been a few of them, and those are the ones we are going to talk about today. And I'm so excited. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so the the first witch we're going to talk about, and before we get into all of this, I just want to say um, a lot of these names I am going to butcher. I am very bad at pronouncing some things, and sometimes I get on a roll, so even if I say it correct the first time and I get to talking, I'm going to say it wrong again. Um, I a lot of these names are Irish names, and I asked my Irish boyfriend how to pronounce these and he told me. <laughs> and then I kept saying I'm wrong again after that. And he's like, you're saying it wrong. I'm like, I'm probably going to say it wrong. And it is what it is. <laughs> so I apologize. But nonetheless, here we go. So um, the the first witch is Alice Catteller. And uh, so before we get into her, I just... I want to let you know that this one will leave you guessing. So if you wanted to know the outcome of this one, you're like, for sure outcome, you're not going to get that satisfaction. So here we go. Um, (laughs) Anyways, (laughs) um, she was the first recorded person to be tried. Uh, for witchcraft, and we'll cover more on that later as we get, you know, through the story. Um, This took place in the 13th century. She was uh, a wealthy innkeeper that lived in Kilkenny. Uh, She was mainly accused of witchcraft because she outlived four of her husbands and acquired all of their wealth in the process. Hmm. So when I said possible serial killer, <laughs> maybe.
1: <Right>. Could have <laughs> so, been other things no, other than a witch.
0: Yeah. No, that I think this is like, I think we had this conversation where like back in the day, it was hard for people to look at women as killers in general, because women mm-hmm. could never do that. So I don't know if four husbands died. She's she's a witch. Mm-hmm. Naturally. <laughs> um. They ate so, food. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so when uh, she was with her first husband, whose name was William Outlaw, coolest name ever to have, Outlaw. I love it. Um, he died, obviously, because we know that she outlived all of her four husbands. But this is where it gets kind of wishy-washy. Uh, in... 1302, her and her second husband, second husband, Adam LeBlonde, whatever, uh, they were accused of murdering her first husband, William Outlaw. Um, so I could not find a clue, uh, a clooper, a super clear history on this, um, just that they were both accused of killing him. So I don't know if she met him and then came up with the plan to kill him or if she, it was innocent and she ended up marrying someone and then later on got accused of killing the guy Um, or if it was her plan all along or their plan. I don't know. So, but either way, they both, her and her second husband were both accused of killing first husband, William Outlaw. (laughs) There's... So much info in the middle of all of this that deals a lot of third-hand accounts um, and accusations, but I want to cover details that are more actual details and second-hand accounts. So I'm not going to get into breaking down each husband and stuff like that because it's all third, fourth, fifth party stories. Um, so we'll just get to by the time uh, we get, we're going to go to her fourth husband. Um, And I mean, (laughs) after he died, she was now being accused of carrying out satanic rituals. This was the first witchcraft trial. And I don't know if this was the first ever or the first ever in Ireland, but the first to call the accused heretic. So they said that she was a heretic and the people that followed her, which we'll get into later, were heretics as well. And they accused Alice Cateller of getting her powers through having sex with a demon. Even crazier, she was accused of this by her own children.
1: How would they know? Like i have no idea i don't know they walk in on that or
0: like i don't know it's a lot of hearsay she's a witch all of this stuff who knows they're probably upset that she killed daddy (laughs) Hmm. so i don't know i don't know very crazy but i thought it was even crazier uh that she was accused by this by her own kids um and then especially if her not only being accused of being a witch, but just being accused of having sex with a demon by her how, children.
1: How old were her
0: kids at the time?
1: Do you know? I were do. Were they younger? Know. Okay.
0: No, I think they were older at this point. Cause I'm thinking this is where I said it was a lot of like second and third hand accounts. Um, Cause I'm not, and I'll, I'll get into why that is later and you'll go, Oh, it'll make sense to everyone. Um, but I, I don't know if it's her first husband or second husband's kids and stuff like that. This is just by the time we got to her fourth husband that she was being accused of all these things.
1: Mm -hmm. Okay, gotcha.
0: Um, So let's see. Trying people as heretics became more popular in the 16th in 17th century. So like I said, in the beginning, this actually took place in the 13th century. So this is why this is one of the more uh, well-known ones, because she was one of the first ones to be called a heretic. Um, so let's see, from what I read, it, it does sound like she was running a group or a cult of witches or people who practiced witchcraft. And we'll get to another person that was involved in and and in all of this and cover more of what the witchcraft was, because that's part of the other person's story that kind of leads into this one. Um, Because what it sounds like is that she had uh, Alice Cateller had more of a leader type in this group and led these other people and they carried the things out, if that makes sense. And Uh she was more tied to it because she was the leader. So basically, she just had her husband's die is what their real proof was. And she was a witch. Um, After all of this and the death of her fourth husband, uh, the official witch hunt for Alice Cateller began. This is where I was saying, if you wanted a better conclusion, that we're not going to get it because we're not. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Since she was... And she was a very wealthy woman at this point. I mean, she had the fortune of four men. So obviously she had a lot of money. Uh, So you can also say she had a bunch of connections, but not only connections. Like I said, she had money, money. And this allowed her to flee to England. And this is where she completely disappeared. And no one ever saw her again. So we literally have no idea what happened to her. Huh. It's a mystery. Unsolved mystery. It's it's a mystery. <laughs> um, and so now we are going to get in to the person that's tied to her. <laughs> and I apologize for being extremely immature, but every time I say this name, I laugh. So <laughs> her name is... <laughs> I love it, though. It's awesome. It's an awesome name. So... I'm probably not even saying it right and I'm laughing at it and it's funny and it's probably not even how you pronounce the name (laughs) so it is Petronella de Medea Medea but where I laugh at it is the Petronella Petronella. because doesn't it sound yeah doesn't it sound like a candle Yes. Citronella. Citrin- yeah. Citronella Candle. And so every time I like, I'm like doing the research and I'm writing her name and reading her name, I'm thinking Petronella, the witch of bugs. <laughs> She's the bug protector. She's going to protect you from all the bugs. Uh, immature. Anyways, moving on. Uh, she was the first of the witches to actually be burned at the stake in Ireland. I don't know. Uh Crazy, biggest fear. By the way, burning burned to death, burning alive. My biggest fear. I'd rather drown than be that's eaten a lot our alive. Really?
1: Yeah, yeah. I think a lot of people would rather not be burned to death.
0: Yeah, sounds terrible.
1: Uh so she, so
0: <laughs> Petronella, was accused of being involved in witchcraft. Obviously. Led by none other than Alice Cateller. This took place in the same town that Alice was in, in Kilkenny. And obviously, I kept laughing at this too, because, like, that's a name of a town, Kilkenny. Kilkenny. And then I kept, yeah. And then I kept thinking, I'm like, right? I'm like, wouldn't it be funny if, like, one of Alice's husband's name was Kenny? Alice killed Kenny in. And I kept like reading the headlines in my head in like an old timey voice, like headlines would be like, Husband <laughs> Kenny was killed in Ken Kenny by. <laughs> <laughs> killed by, by wife. <laughs> oh, <Kittler>. my wife. Alice her. Okay, moving on. Among the charges that were brought against Petronella was the ability to fly and making a brew which is brew bubble, bubble, toil, and trouble.
1: Yeah. Ability to fly on a broom or like levitate.
0: Who knows? It just said the charges were ability to fly and making brew. That's what it said.
1: So she making beer.
0: No, we'll get into what's in the brew. It's (laughs) gnarly. And I'm going to read this. I'm going to keep looking down. Cause I got all my notes and everything. I'm going to keep like looking down. So I apologize. But, um, Okay. So <laughs> yikes. All right. So in this brew was the decapitated head and intestines of a robber, internal organs of worms and baby roosters. Baby roosters.
1: That's oddly specific.
0: Right? Uh the hairs from a dead boy. She grave robbed too, like right? I know. What is up with the grave robbing? Uh, I funny, don't know, like... and and I know, but all I could think of is like, what, what the heck were they cooking? Like, what were they cooking in that? room
1: did brew? they get these things? Like, I don't know.
0: Yeah. I didn't even think about that. Where would you find these things? First of all, what were you making? Just second of all, house. Yeah. Oh, I got it. It was their ability to fly. That's what it was. Their brew to fly. They needed a little bit. It's
1: like hocus pocus. Because <laughs> they, <laughs> they needed stuff for their brew, but then they just yeah. went to the graveyard, dug it up. Oh, naturally, you need the called? head of
0: a rocker. Baby chickens. Oh, roosters. Sorry. Baby roosters. Can't be chickens. So terrible. Um. Yeah. So, like I said, maybe that gave them the ability to fly. That was the flying brew. Who knows? Uh, so Petronella later confessed to these crimes and she was flogged through six parishes. So flogged means if people don't know, I, I knew what it means, but I had to actually look up the actual definition to really understand. Um, but flog means to be beat with a rod or a whip. And yeah, so yeah, a parish is which is interesting. I know what a parish is and I've known what it is, but I looked this up as well, just in case that people wouldn't know exactly what it is. But I, I didn't know this in order to be a parish, it has to be a village or a town, but the town has to have a church along with a priest. Mm -hmm. I was like, learn something new every day. So basically she was being tortured through six different towns. Very sad. Uh, and then she was taken all the way back to kill Kenny and burned alive at the stake.
1: So that's awful. That's okay, the said, sad. And you said for her crimes. Does that mean that yes. she did all these things to these people to get these ingredients? They did not say. She. Like, they said. Then I would be her- a little bit justified. I mean, like a little bit.
0: <laughs> yeah. No, insane. they said all. All she was actually tried for was flying and making a brew. Those were her actual char- documented charges. Hmm. That's why. Let's well, about some me. pertinent details. Thank you. That's and we'll get to that later. Okay. <laughs> why there's probably a lot of details missing in a lot of these stories. Um. So, uh, yeah, that's the sad ending to her. Uh. I just like to think about it. Like, what if none of this actually took place? But she was guilty by association Uh
1: because she was
0: friends with Alice. What if she never did any of this stuff? She was just present when Alice was the crazy one. Not saying she actually was, but what if she was? And then what Uh if, you know, Petronella Citronella was, what if she wasn't doing any of this stuff? She was just friends with the crazy witch lady. You know, that would be yeah. okay. Perfect example. That would be like me doing something or committing a crime. And they would be like, flog Jessica. <laughs> they do a podcast together. They talk about creepy stuff all the time. So now you're guilty too. Right.
1: That happens a lot more than you think. I mean, like we keep, that's yeah. like a whole nother subject, but that happens all the time. That's why they say, that's why it's a term guilty by association yeah it's very possible that that's exactly what happened to her especially yeah. in those times when like thinking wasn't as broad no offense but yeah no
0: you're be not wrong there yeah i know that's very sad that's all i could think about is like what if none of this actually happened and she was mm-hmm. just friends with the crazy lady
1: it's very sad and she's haunting right. them now <laughs> yeah <laughs> <Eight> generations <right? laughs> <I'm> just kidding <laughs> she's like joke joke
0: Where's your baby roosters? Need <laughs> them the fly. <laughs> oh, sorry. Bad, bad, bad. Okay. So I am totally going to butcher this and I know I'm going to, I'm not even going to try to like act like I'm not going to, but um, this is, this one's called uh, the witch trials of Island McGee. And it's all one word. So it's literally the word Island. And then McGee, but I was told that it was Maggie. So Island Maggie, but it's M-A-G-E-E, McGee. Like N-C-I-S, McGee. <laughs> yeah. Anyways, so I'm probably going to butcher it. And I'm probably going to say it different a bunch of times. So we're moving on. And there's a couple of funky names in here too, but I'm going to do my best. <laughs> so this one took place in 1711. 7-11. Eh, sorry. This one took place in 1711 and is actually one of the most like well-known witch trials in Irish history, which I thought was really cool. Um, things in this one are a little confusing, and I'll tell you why at the end, and it will help you understand why the other ones were a little bit confusing too, or not so much confusing, but open-ended and a lot of the details weren't there. Um, but this took place around the townland of Kilcoen Moor in Island McGee or Island Maggie. Um, but some stuff that I read said that this took place in Carrick, Fergus, which is also known as Ireland's Salem. Huh. So I thought that was kind of interesting because some places say it didn't happen there and then some places said it happened there but then this is also called the witch trials of island maggie so i don't know interesting anyways moving on the story surrounds an 18-year-old mary dungbar who relocated to this area after she arrived she started showing signs of demonic possession she was shouting swearing throwing Bibles and going into fits every time a clergyman came near her. She was also vomiting household items like pins, buttons, nails, glass, and wool. Oh. Poor Mary, first of all. <laughs> um, Mary told local authorities that this was the doing Of eight local women. So the reason why all of this stuff was happening to her. Was because of these eight local women. She said that during one of her fits. That these women appeared to her in spectral form. So obviously they after that they're like it's them. They're witches. Get them. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, I I couldn't actually find anything showing. That if they previously knew the girl before or if she knew them, I I couldn't really find anything about that. But from what I gathered, is Mary Dunbar was new to the area and just said, eight women attacked me. Then the local authorities helped her identify these eight women. So how that was actually done, I don't know. But it kind of sounds like she was given the opportunity to, like, look at these women or point out these women or have the local authorities be like, are these the women? Which one of these women are they? And then she picked them out. Kind of weird, Hmm. right? So, But I couldn't really find anything about it. But I have a little bit of a theory and you'll kind of see. And I know as soon as I say it, you're going to be like, okay. So a little side note that I I literally put side note on here. When they went to arrest these eight women, they were attacked by what they described as a frenzied mob. And one of the women that was accused and arrested even lost her eyeball in this altercation. I mean, if any other witch needs an eye, they have an eye of a witch. (laughs) But yeah, she lost her... Isn't that crazy? So that made me think before I even get into like the rest of it, it made me think that these or some of these women may have been like prominent women within the community for a whole mob to attack the police and attack them and do all this stuff. So just a little side note there. Um, so now let's get into who these eight women are. I'm just going to list their names. <laughs> I'm going to read them from my list. <laughs> All right. We got Janet Carson, Janet Latmere, Janet Maine, Janet Miller, Margaret Mitchell, (laughs) Catherine McCalmond, Janet Liston, and Elizabeth Seller.
1: A lot of Janets. What the heck?
0: Are you serious? Right. So this is where my theory, I was like, first of all, can we just point out the fact that obviously it's she yeah janet? she had something against uh one two three four five yeah five janet good counting five janets so obviously she had something against janet's right right mm, like that's she a,
1: has a she has yeah she's a vendetta against a janet she that is my exact thought and then first of all
0: i'd say another little side now nothing to do about the story but every time i hear the name janet I think of the girl from the good place. That's her name, right? Janet? She was <laughs> she was good, right? she was, no, she was good. She, she was a good she wasn't evil, right? Was she yeah, not she, was good. Well, she was she, good? she was okay. All right. she was awesome in that part. I'd love her. anyways. Um, so we're noticing a trend, right? Janet's. Mm-hmm. So after the trial of these eight women. In March of 1711, Mary Dunbar was still having her fits. So she was still, you know, vomiting all these items, throwing Bibles, shouting, swearing, all of this stuff. So Mary's at it again, and they have to figure out who else is to blame. So Mary ended up pointing the finger at William Seller. So, yes, William Seller is the husband of one of the Janets, Janet Liston, and the other accused, Elizabeth Seller's father. Uh So, Janet Liston is the mom of Elizabeth Seller. So, that Janet plus Elizabeth Seller was one of the eight women already arrested and accused. Mary is still having these fits. So then she goes, Well, it's, uh, you know, William Seller, the, the father and the husband of the other one. So in my theory, I'm like, well, she found the Janet she was looking for because she just got rid of everybody in that family. Right. Mm-hmm. That's just my theory. <laughs> so um, Mary Dunbar sadly died in April a month after the March trial of the women and a month after she blamed William Seller, which is kind of crazy. Like if you think about it, like this might sound kind of morbid, but how the heck did she not die sooner? Like vomiting nails and wool and all of these crazy like items. Like if she's actually throwing them up, like how did she not die sooner? Right?
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, of course, but so she was, so she was trying to pinpoint out of this group who was responsible for what was happening to her. Yes. And her demon possession. That is correct. And that's the theory she came up with was that Janet and her husband. That's what I'm thinking. I don't know
0: exactly. Like, I just know she chose was motive?
1: five planets. Um, No. Or is this all just random?
0: It's all like ran- random. That's, women. that's what I was confused about, is that Mary was 18-year-old girl who just moved to the area and didn't know anybody there. And just said, like, a doctor comes. And she's like, oh, mm-hmm. I'm sick. I'm doing this. I'm possessed. And it's because eight women appeared to me. And then the cops are like, don't worry, lady, we're going to help you figure out which, you know, eight women these are. That's the only thing I could really So they're in like a coven or something?
1: I'm guessing.
0: In her mind. Or in real life. Who, Who really knows? I don't really know. Hmm. I don't know. So let's go back to the March of 1711 to the trials. So the trial was presided over by two different judges. Uh, there was Anthony Upton and James McCartney. They both had radically different views of the evidence, which I guess I mean that's a good thing. You would want both sides, right? Of like somebody who's presiding over your case, you would want it seems fair-ish, mm-hmm. right? So Uh, Judge Upton told the jury that they should just acquit. He stated that he didn't buy into the modern view that there was no such thing as witches out there. But he said that with limited evidence and uh, the exemplary character of these women that they should acquit. He cited that his evidence he had was that these women were heavily involved within the church and regularly attend christian worship. So from everything i read, it kind of seemed like this guy was i don't know, he really was like these are good people and they go to church all the time. Like do they really have time to practice witchcraft on the side? And he said was he was quoted saying something like that. Do they really have time to do witchcraft as well? <laughs> so that was that was his proof. They're they're too busy. Now, judge mccartney urged the jury to convict. Uh and unfortunately they ended up siding with Judge McCartney and convicted the eight women. So now the trial of William Seller took place in September of 1711. Like first of all that happens so fast by the way like our court systems move so slow that There's I can't a lot believe.
1: Oh
0: what... <laughs> huh, yeah, isn't so crazy. Um, I'm just kidding. So he was also convict. So he was also convicted in September. Mm-hmm. So like month, like within a couple of months, everyone was convicted and it's very sad. Um, so this is where we kind of get left on a cliffhanger. And I keep saying that we'll find out why some of this is secondhand and kind of open ended. Um, so first I want to start by saying that there was the witchcraft act of 1586 where they said that there is a penalty of death for causing uh, death by witchcraft. And there's also uh, causing injury by witchcraft. There's like one year of an imprisonment with time in a pillory. Which a pillory is those, the wood block things where you have to stand with your head in the holes or whatever. Uh, Let's see. So we're guessing that since Mary Dunbar died, guessing that since Mary Dunbar died from witchcraft at the hands of William Suller, if you believe what Mary's saying, then he would be put to death. And if what Mary's saying is true, then the eight women would uh, only be tried for causing injury by witchcraft. Um, and they would have served out their year sentence and their time in the pillory but we don't know, and I say guessing because during the 1922 Irish Civil War, the Public Records Office of Ireland was burnt down, and all official records up until that point, including official records of all of these trials, were completely destroyed.
1: Hmm. Yeah. How convenient. Whoops.
0: <laughs> right. I know. But yeah, I thought that was kind of. That's crazy, and that's why a lot of this stuff is like lost and second and third yeah. and fourth and passed down through generations. It's really
1: hard, yeah, because like especially like in those times, like yeah, it's so hard to keep all that information together. It's not like nowadays we have like a digital footprint,
0: computer, bloop bloop, mm-hmm. yeah,
1: yeah, exactly. So, um,
0: I found this a little interesting, and I think you will a little bit too that in 2011, there's two historians, uh, Victoria McCollum and Andrew S- Sneedon, I hope I didn't butcher that, uh, started they started to look into this case. And because of the lack of evidence, there wasn't really a lot to go off, obviously, we know why, uh, to go off of. Um, and Sneedon, one of the historians, was quoted saying, mary dunbar was making the whole thing up he explained that he thought mary had heard of the demonic accounts from salem and scotland and this was right around the time when a lot of people were like migrating to this area which is why mary dunbar 18 years old came here new person into the town with her family because everyone was migrating and a lot of these stories from Salem and Scotland and the bigger witch trials and stuff like that were brought over. And so he said that he, she, he thinks from all the evidence that they do have in the accounts that have been passed down, that she may have learned to play the part of somebody who was possessed. So I thought that this was kind of interesting because with all of the Janets that were mentioned, I immediately thought she was trying to target someone. And like, I mean, if you're going to do it, you're going to do it right and be like Janet and that Janet, because I got to make sure which Janet it is. And then she took down the whole family.
1: Mm-hmm. That's, so that's my, my first thought when you were telling me what she was doing, is yeah. like, I initially was like, no, she's making yeah. it up. Like, that's just what I thought. Not saying yeah. or discrediting if any, if that happens to somebody just saying, like, from hearing that, I don't know. I just got this feeling like that was just kind of like out of left field. Yeah. You know, just getting somewhere new and then all of a sudden something happening. And then to add to it, yeah, all the Janets, that's that's a huge red flag. It's... I'm sorry. If if I ever really? see one, that's a huge red flag.
0: In my notes, I wrote red flag, red yeah. flag,
1: like, three times. Right. Like, that's a lot of Janet. So either she was targeting a specific Janet when she moved there, or she had a vendetta against Janet's. Yeah. And we've all had a vendetta somewhere, somewhere, like, at some point in our life against something or some some type of person specifically. Yeah. Whether we didn't like somebody's name, and we didn't want to date that same specific person like <laughs> name or like we didn't like nurses for whatever reason or like doctors or firefighters oh, or I see what you're you gotta say like there's yeah. like, a pattern to why we don't like a specific you know name or thing so maybe yeah. that was something because she was young and immature and yeah she had some sort of vendetta going yeah, to this place and she played this victim mentality and she took down a whole lot of people yeah, Possibly. exactly. Who knows? And every
0: everything I read didn't even give a time frame. They just said almost immediately after she arrived and migrated here, mm-hmm. this happened. So yeah, I mean, that makes total sense. I totally get what you're saying.
1: Just um, okay.
0: Yeah, no, that makes total sense. So I got two more. Um, this one's a little bit shorter. And I, like I said before, I'm going to butcher this, not her name, but what her nickname is. I already know. And I'm sorry. Um, But this is the shortest one. And I also think it's the funniest one. And I don't know if that's morbid or not, but it made me laugh. So uh, (laughs) Florence Newton, uh, she was an alleged iris alleged Irish witch. <laughs> and she was known as the Witch of Yugal, Yugal. U- cool. I w- <laughs> it was said that she was one of the most important examples of the witch trials in Ireland, which actually, after I read all of this and did all the research on the other ones, I'm really not sure why she was the you know most important examples like you'll you'll see but I really don't understand why she was the most important one but like I said Shirley is the funniest one so Florence was an old beggar woman in Christmas of 1660 she approached the house of someone named John Pine where she asked him if she could have some beef just beef (laughs) The maid just beef, right? The maid of the house Mary Langdon. So it's spelled like L-A L-A-N-G-D-O-N. But in Thank you. But it goes also known as Mary Longdong. (laughs) <laughs> i can't i'm so sorry oh. and all I'm i can sorry. think about is
1: poor intrusive thoughts right now
0: right poor <laughs> no. mary the maid they probably just didn't give a like any care in the world about what her name
1: was and they're like mary Longdong over here <laughs> <I just laughs> think of like. Have you ever seen uh, 16 Candles? No, I haven't. Oh, there's a character Uh, on there in his long duck dong.
0: Oh my gosh.
1: (laughs) Sorry, continue. No.
0: Funny, right? I just, I, I don't know. And they also introduced this in multiple articles like it was no big deal. Mary, like Langdon, also known as Mary Long dong. Anyways, and then they just go into the story like it's no big deal <laughs> Oh okay, so anyways, poor Mary and her unfortunate last name uh refused her Florence Newton her beef that she requested <laughs> she oh my god she request requested beef from Mary Longdon. <laughs> Oh, I'm going to hell. <laughs> okay. All right. Moving on. So, Mary said, no, you can't. You can't. Mary said, no, you can't have any beef. I'm going to start laughing again. This is when. Okay. So, Mary, Long Dong, refused her her beef that she requested. Then Florence was described as grabbing and violently kissing Long Dong. What? I don't know. This is like what she was tried for is putting, like, basically a curse on her. So she grabbed Mary and violently kissed her. But what's funny is that how they describe it is Mary Longdon refused her beef. So she grabbed her and violently kissed Longdon. I can't. I'm sorry. This is terrible. Um, But she also mumbled... this. I'm going to butcher the crap out of this. But She after she kissed her, she mumbled, Thou hast as good given it to me.
1: To Long Dog. It was like Chef's kiss right there. (laughs) A Florence kiss.
0: Oh my gosh. Okay. So, after this, unfortunately, Mary mm. Longdong became sick. So, now, it doesn't say if she died. It just says that she became sick. So, hopefully, she survived. Um, so, Florence Newton was arrested in March of 1661. While she was in jail, she kissed the hand. I not know what is up with this woman and kissing people. But she kissed the hand of somebody named David Jones who was said to be, be her jailer. Um, and so they, uh, she kissed this guy's hands through the bars. David Jones, the person that was, you know, in charge of the jail. Um, Jones's wife said that her husband, like he became sick and she goes on trial and on like during her trial, Jones's wife spoke and she said that her as her husband was dying he was screaming florence's name like on his deathbed so i don't know um
1: i have a theory
0: okay i'm wondering if it's the same as mine i'm really curious okay go i'm like hand foot mouth disease Right. Okay. That's where I started going. Not quite there, but that's where I went to. Is- some
1: weird, like, disease they had back in the day. Like, they had some weird stuff back then. Yep. And yeah, her her just saying those things, like, the whole cursing of, like, you know, she was just putting that out there. I'm not saying that she wasn't trying to curse her because, like, anything could be a word curse. Yeah. But it was a more of, like, an effect. You know what I mean? But if she yeah. was homeless, she could have had anything.
0: I literally say that same exact thing. So that's so funny that you came <laughs> to the the same conclusion there. That's so cool.
1: Um, I mean, she swatched yeah, it um, with her. Like, come on. She
0: violently kissed her in the report. <laughs> so I don't know what that means. <laughs> I have no idea. So... Uh, It was reported that Florence was put under brutal tests to see if she was in fact a witch, and if she was, then they would sentence her to death. It was also reported that she was convicted and executed, but a report from Andrew Sneedon, yes, the same Andrew Sneedon that we spoke about, you know, in the previous case, um, that... He also worked on, you know, the case of the Island McGee uh, that Florence had in fact died before the trials even took place. So this is where I go into my theory where I say the one thing I want to point out that if she did die before the trial um, and we know these trials obviously move very quickly based on the other evidence that we have um, that they said she was homeless. Basically, she was an old beggars woman. Um, the way they describe her is, you know, tattered, run down, stuff like that. So I was assuming exactly what you were thinking that maybe she had a sickness and she was passing the sickness on to people she was coming in contact with because she didn't have access to clean water, food, you know, back then that wasn't really like health care, but just cleaner Mm -hmm. environment and she didn't have access to that so she may have been you know carrying something around and she may have lived longer than everybody like than you know the the david jones person because she was living on the streets and in this you know environment Mm -hmm. that her you know how you're what do they call that
1: you build up more immune to immunity to things Mm
0: -hmm. exactly so that's what i was kind of thinking of um but Another thing I was thinking of, too, is that uh, maybe, like, I don't know, she could have been a witch. I have no idea. Um, But I was thinking that one of the reasons why she died before the trial took place was um, because they tortured the literal crap out of her. They said they put her under extensive tests to see if she was a witch. And sadly, she could have passed from that as well. So, But we'll never know. That's, That's crazy. Just all.
1: I don't know. All right. That was quite the story. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I know. So that was the funniest one, but this is the last one. And I gotta say, this is my favorite one, and I'm so excited. <laughs> and I it's <laughs> okay. All right. So let's get into the story about uh Bridget Cleary. So she was actually known as Ireland's last witch. So, little backstory. Bridget Cleary was described as extremely beautiful. So, everything I read about her just said that she was a a dime piece. (laughs) So, she was married to a man named Michael Cleary in August of 1887. Even though they were married for eight years, uh, they had no children. And I'm actually super thankful for that after reading the story and knowing like what happened, that they had no children. Um, Bridget moved back to her hometown, gonna butcher this name, of Bally and lived with her parents while Michael uh, continued to work in Clonmel, Clonmel as a cooper, somebody who makes or fixes barrels for ships. Interesting. Right. And I think, I think that's how you mm-hmm. say it. Cooper. a co- I don't think it's a copper. I think it'd be a Cooper. Anyways, Bridget was, li- <laughs> Bridget was living with her parents and she became extremely independent and successful, which was crazy weird for women in this era to be, you know, successful and independent on her own when she wasn't with her husband Uh, so I think that she was already looked at as different and kind of like that. How dare she be successful without a man vibes around her. Uh, she actually kept her own chickens and sold eggs to her neighbors. So that's a fun Mm -hmm. little fact. And she was also one of the first women in her town to own a singer sewing machine. And I thought that was kind of cool. Cause Mm -hmm. singer sewing machines are still one of the top brands around today. and that's Really cool. Mm -hmm. Um, So people actually described her as a very professional woman. So uh, fast forward to later on down the road, uh, they finally move into a home together after they've been apart for so long. She was building her own success. He was working, you know, as a Cooper. And uh, it's I'm going to keep this part very short because I don't even want to get into how they acquired this home because I feel like that's a whole story in itself. But long story short, uh, there's homes that were designated for laborers. But what's weird is neither Bridget nor Michael were actually entitled to get this house, but they got it anyways. And then Hmm. it kind of like tries to explain it, but it literally sums it up by saying they got it anyways, who knows. So they got this awesome house and I guess they said it was one of the best houses. But I guess nobody wanted the home because this house was supposedly, why can't I not say that word? Because this house was supposedly built on the site of a fairy ring fort. A fairy ring fort is the circular markings in the ground that were supposedly left by, yes, fairies. So, like a fairy ring or a fairy Mm -hmm. circle. And it was built on top of that. Side note, little interesting facts. An article that was published in 2017 on theculturetrip.com, they state that there's hundreds of these fairy ring fort sites all over Ireland. And they like let you know they are not to be messed with. Like I found that super crazy that even an article posted in two thousand and seventeen were like if you like like come to Ireland, don't don't fuck with fairies is basically what this article said very sternly. We don't mess with them. Ireland Ireland does not mess with them. You don't mess with them. And I thought like on a traveling website, interesting. Go ahead. Okay, but
1: What do fairies look like out in Ireland? I have no idea. Do they look like. like bugs? Like. (laughs) Yeah, I have no (laughs) idea. Like, I mean, I'm curious. I'm like.
0: Yeah, I get into a little bit of the fairy stuff because it has to do with the story, but not of what they look like. And I would love to do a whole, like, there's a whole rabbit hole you could go down. Yeah, like,
1: I've I've gone semi down a rabbit hole of fairies because I was interested also because I watched, like, shows. I'm not going to get into, like, which shows, but that's a whole other thing. But some of them I've seen that they are ugly, like, yeah, they're not true blood. pretty. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> They're ugly. They're not cute. Like. Yeah. 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 I have, I, I have no know. idea, but their house was built
0: on a fairy ring, a fairy circle, basically. Um, and so now let's fast forward to after they already moved into the house and they've been living there. Um, Bridget, unfortunately got sick. She got so sick that they called in doctors, family, friends, and even a priest to the home. So they basically like, it it was like they were saying that she's on the last stretch of life and everyone needs to come now is how I took it. When I read this, Um, I saw different reports saying that she had bronchitis, but the main one that I saw is that she had pneumonia. So I imagine back in the day uh, it was really, you know, hard to kind of pinpoint exactly what somebody was sick with so i think just assuming it was one or the other you know Uh would make sense um so she was so sick that she was being taken care of by her husband michael father aunt and four different cousins so keep in mind all of these people I'm not even going to get into their names or anything, just to know that there was a lot of people involved and it was her family. So the priest came to the home where Bridget was still alive, but extremely agitated. This is where the priest was told by husband Michael that he has been withholding her medication from her um, because he said that he doesn't believe in it at all. So he didn't want her to have it. So uh, the priest said, okay, cool. Um, I'm going to give her communion and then left the house. Ugh, man, poor lady. Anyways. uh, So as you can tell at this point, something's up with husband Michael, right? So in March of 1895, Bridget was reported missing. So while news was going around that this 26-year-old woman, I didn't say that in the beginning, I forgot. She was 26 years old. Um, And the reports were going around that she was missing and local police were actively out looking for her. Husband Michael was holding a vigil for her, stating that his wife had been kidnapped and Mm -hmm. taken by fairies.
1: It's almost like he wanted that to happen.
0: Oh, he did. I know. I literally wrote, okay, husband Michael, <laughs> on my paper.
1: <laughs> mm. it's yeah. It's like that's suspicious.
0: Mm-hmm. Exactly. So it was later reported that after this priest left, so rewind like a little bit back that the priest I told you about that gave her communion and said, There you go, you'll be fine. Um after he left. All of the family members that I previously stated, Michael and all of the other people were her mm-hmm. family members were called back over to the home. And that's when shit went down. Basically husband, Michael convinced her whole family that she had been abducted by fairies and replaced with a changeling, which is really weird. Cause if you know anything about a changeling, mm-hmm. That in folklore, a changeling is a strange child that's substituted for another mm-hmm. and or left by fairies to replace another child. Bridget was a 26-year-old woman. So I don't understand uh, where that the...
1: did he switch what did he switch her out for?
0: A changeling. Like so a they child? said so No, with her, no. that's what doesn't make sense exactly. Yeah. So Husband, Michael, said that Bridget was kidnapped, his actual wife, mm-hmm. and replaced with a changeling, which is somebody that looks exactly like her, but not quite her, is what he's saying. But in folklore, changelings are children or typically mm-hmm. children. So, yeah, exa- it's kind of interesting. Anyways, she was no child. Um, so, husband, Michael, convinced her family that... This was actually true, and so they need to take action now. So they performed, this poor girl, they performed rituals on her that husband Michael said he would get his wife back if we did this. So they threw urine on her, held her over the fireplace to try to cast this fairy out. This is where I get confused, because I said, I even wrote it down. I'm like, wasn't she a changeling? So now she's possessed by a fairy. Like husband Michael can't even get his story straight on which thing she is or what's going on because he kept telling the family in the reports that we're trying to cast the fairy out of my wife, but then said my wife was actually abducted and this thing is not my wife. So if we take care of this thing, they'll return my wife to me. This guy had no idea what the heck he was doing. So anyways, husband Michael continued to force feed his wife. What I have no idea and I can't find any reports on what this poor girl was force fed. Um, I mean, she couldn't even have her meds, but she's force fed God knows what and urine's thrown on her. So I, I don't know. We can use our imagination there. Um, So in front of her family, he throws her down in front of the fireplace and tortured her with a burning piece of wood. Bridget's clothing then caught on fire and husband Michael threw lamp oil over her.
1: Oh, my God.
0: Her family said that it wasn't even clear whether she was dead before she burned to death or not. Oh, nice. he just kept telling the family, don't worry, this will bring my wife back to to us. <clears throat> Freaking husband, Michael, when obviously it did not. We know it did not. He hid her body, proceeded to have a vigil and waited for the return of his actual wife. So the local authorities found the body. Now, I'm not sure if it was after all these people were arrested that they found the body or before if they found the body or if the family told them where the body was. But nonetheless, they they found it. They found her. They found the body. And the whole family was eventually arrested arrested for her murder. They Uh murdered her. So during the trial, the jury was able to see the condition of the body, the extent of her injuries, and someone in the jury was actually reported saying that we were able to verify the body was Bridget by looking upon her face. So they actually got to like go up and look at her poor burnt body and look at her face. Whoa. Horrible, right? So husband Michael was found guilty of manslaughter and he was sentenced to 20 years. I mean. hey, <laughs> okay, hold on. I gotta, I gotta say this. well. okay. He was sentenced to 20 years of penal servitude. I don't know how you can say that without laughing. (laughs) Okay. He was sentenced to penal servitude. He spent 15 years in prison and then was released. (laughs) Why is so many of these so immature, but I love it. I'm sorry. (laughs) I will forever be a child. It was uh... a, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so yeah, he was sentenced to um oh, yeah, so no, he spent only fifteen years in prison and then was released in April of nineteen ten and was able to move on with his life. He went to England, the city of Liverpool, where he then uh immigrated to Canada, and I literally put it out here, I said, I mean. You would have to run away from being the crazy guy that convinced his family that his wife was abducted by fairies. Husband, Michael. My God, I'm sorry.
1: Why did he get released early? Like good behavior?
0: Doesn't say. It doesn't say. It just says he was found guilty of manslaughter. Sentenced to 20 years, served 15.
1: Okay, can we back up? Can we backtrack to like of why course.
0: he may have done this? Oh, I get into it a little bit too. Okay. So I let me know. let me read you. This is the last bit I have. I'll read this and then we can get into it and you can let me know what you think because I'm interested. So two people, not a lot of information <laughs> on them, but uh their names were O'Connell and Doyle. First of all, totally Irish names. Right? Irish
1: names. Oh <laughs> <laughs> <I> know. <laughs> Doyle rules. Uh, oh yeah. Sorry.
0: I love it. Okay. Uh, so um, but I'm thinking that they were uh investigating the case, just like the other people, like Andrew Sneedon was. And they investigated the uh, investigated the case and I'm guessing to analyze or write something or cover it. But they came at it from a psychology standpoint. So they stated that the murder may have been a result of Michael developing a psychotic disorder. So they said he started getting delusions, possibly from the stress of managing Bridget's illness. And I mean, that kind of makes sense. Like it it sounds so what it sounds like to me is that he had I wrote literally wrote this down. So it sounds like to me is that he had the hot wife. As, as as it sounds. And he got the cool house that, you know, the best house that nobody wanted. He got it. And then he went from having the house and the wife to now having to take care of the wife. And in multiple reports, um, the reason why the family said they believed that she was uh, exchanged for a changeling is because they said she never she didn't even look like herself because she was so sick like in real life, not in fairy land. She was so sick that she just looked sick and she wasn't herself. But Michael was able to convince them that she was switched. So he, like I said, went from having a hot wife, awesome house, to having to do everything by himself, take care of his super independent wife. And they think that that led him to have a psychotic break and have all these delusions. And he was already probably being told like that his house obviously was built on the fairy ring fort. So he was probably being told like not to mess with fairies. You guys moved into the bad fairy house. So that was already in his head. So that could have contributed to his delusions. Um, I also read that they also looked into the family. This is the last thing I'm gonna say is that they said they think that her family had uh, some possible learning disabilities. So that would have made them even more susceptible to believing in husband Michael's crazy delusions paired with the fact that she did look so different that it was easier for them to go along and believe that something like that happened to her. And husband Michael got to live out his life
1: in Canada. Um, I disagree with absolutely all of that, to be honest. You do? I do. Oh, my theory is that the husband was full of shit. Here's why. So okay. he had the hot wife. he had the whole shebang, the house, the everything, right? He had to yeah. maintain this, this life. He was... Like, he had it all, right? So then when all the bad stuff happens, the wife's deteriorating, he's having to take care of her, he doesn't know what to do. I don't think that's really going to put someone in a, a psychosis state. I think that's really just an excuse for him to get rid of his wife. he doesn't want to deal with it. Oh, okay. So he can move on with his life. Hmm. So he makes up these stories because, yes, he lives in Fairyland. So <laughs> he convinces the family and manipulates the family into believing these lies to create a story to tell the cops when he gets rid of the wife now everyone's in on it everyone's accessory to this murder yeah and they were. do you think he why do you think he was he took away her medicines yeah Yeah. I'm sorry. I don't believe anything about psychosis in this entire story. It sounded like he was just mad that he had to be an actual husband. Yeah. Yeah. In my opinion, thing with the husband. I don't think he was crazy. Yeah. So, okay.
0: So here's my question Do you Mm -hmm. think that he planned this after she got sick and it was just a convenience? That okay. they got into the fairy house, or do you think it he it could have been something that he was planning for a while? Because how convenient they move into the fairy house because it was very odd, and I got a weird vibe from reading mm-hmm. about well how they acquired how you yeah
1: how you how they acquired the house. It it is kind of weird. Like you said that you don't know how they got the house. There's not a lot of like details. They and... weren't even
0: entitled to it, and then it said, but they ended up with it anyways
1: exactly so that could have been the like the whole thing all along too like did it say anything about like after her death did they get did he get anything out of it like even though doesn't he say. ended up in prison for 15 years did he get anything later on
0: doesn't say
1: see i don't know or i think didn't he even played. look that far yeah but point is is like he was trying to hide the body or even try to seem insane to plead insane, yeah, so yeah. Uh, there's a lot of things to it that just doesn't make sense. It seems like he premeditated the whole thing. keeping your medicines away from your wife that's not your choice to make. I'm sorry, you're not the sick one,
0: yeah, yeah, he even like it said in the in the stuff I was reading that he called the doctor there, doctor gave her medicine, mm-hmm. and then husband Michael was like, No medicine for you, I don't believe in this.
1: Exactly. He he didn't want his wife to get better or to feel better because he wanted her to die sooner.
0: Hmm. That's my my thoughts. Interesting. That's just my thoughts. We all have our own opinions. I feel like that last one was probably the craziest one. That is crazy. I know. So I wasn't kidding when I said like this. We're literally covering everything. Crime. Yeah. Possible murderer, actual murderer, possible serial killer. (laughs) It's a lot of stuff. So, um, but yeah, so those were some of the top witches of uh, Ireland and extremely interesting. I love knowing about all of the stuff around, you know, Salem witch trials. And like I said in the beginning, I absolutely love Ireland and I love that I got to do this episode and it was a lot of fun. and uh don't don't go out violently kissing
1: people that's <laughs> not nice, oh, we, that's spread not nice. Rooms. At all. we spread dreams that way guys
0: i uh, know so nice. lesson lesson learned today do not violently kiss and uh do not kiss anybody that doesn't ask for it i mean consent's mm-hmm. a thing <laughs> don't do that um but yeah, I think that's it. And uh poor most of those ladies. Um mm. you know, but I got to say besides Alice uh Ketaller, I I think she was a serial killer. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I yeah. think she killed some of those husbands.
1: <laughs> I think there was lots of rat poison involved. <laughs> yeah, saying. exactly, exactly. So, but poor the rest
0: of them. It's very very sad. Very sad. But but yeah. So that's it. That's a wrap on um the history of uh, witch trials in Ireland.